reading uh, Ginger, my story, it, uh, it it is appalling that we had let Hollywood kind of get into the state that it is in today. Not that everything was so great when you were there. I mean, you gave us great movies, but I mean, you talk about taking advantage of individuals and human beings. Uh, it's really appalling. Well, not too many people know about that. Well, they're going to know it now. I think, uh, you know, there is a lot of uh, uh, disappointment with Hollywood, but, you know, uh, I don't, I don't uh, travel in, in those circles too much because I'm so busy working all the time. Of course. But, but uh, you know, most of the people that I have met and gotten into business with have been uh, bright, intelligent, uh, quite honorable people. But we need to, uh, we need to push for higher standards That's all the right. time, don't you think? Yes, I certainly do. I think it's the, our business has gotten to be too permissive, uh, vocally and Otherwise. physically. <laughs> yeah. In fact, what there's a wonderful story in in Ginger's book uh, about a script that was once given to her uh, for a, a very famous novel called Kitty Foyle. Yes, and, that's right. And she she writes in the book how appalled she was at, you know, what went on in the pages of that book. In fact, I think you told him it would be impossible to make a movie out of it. I said, I, I'd love to make a picture. It's been bought for the, they bought the book for me. I said, but I think it's no, it's not for me to do. And so the producer uh, said to me, you can't tell them no. I'm going to send you the script. It's being written now and it's going to be great. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I won't hold my breath, but he said, don't say no. Wait until you read it. Well, when I read it, I sat there and I smiled and I laughed and I cried and I applauded it because it was nicely done. And uh, guess who won the Oscar for Best Actress from uh, that year? Uh, our guest. Where do, you, where do you still keep your Oscar around, by the way? Yes, on the mantle. All right. Now, uh, Ginger has her Oscar on the mantle. Uh, Michael, uh, you have your Oscar up along with... A on lot the of, ledge. On the ledge. So now we know... So we got two Oscar winners right here in the studio. <laughs> I know it, live on WGN Isn't that wild? Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. Hey, congratulations to you, bless too, Bless your Ginger. heart. Thank and you, bless you, dear. too. Michael, you. Uh, Michael is going to be at Crocs and Brentano's now at 1230 today. Now, that's the, the Crocs and Brentano's in Wabash. He's going to go to the Park Ridge Library. I hope if some of the kids can, maybe some of the moms and dads could get some of the teenagers out of school a little early to see it. Well, together. you know, uh, we have daytime appearances, so I know a lot of uh, working people can't attend, but uh, I, did a, I did a gig in Baltimore at an elementary school at night, and it was overwhelming. The, the parents came with all their youngsters, and, and it was wonderful. a working-class community, and there was so much unity in that room. It was Correct. wonderful to see. Well, uh, oh, and then Crocs and Brentano's in Evanston tonight up at the Milwaukee Public Library on Friday. Saturday, by the way, are you going to be anywhere near Green Bay when <clears throat> the Chicago Bears play the Green Bay Packers? I believe I'm going to be coming in that night. Oh, so <laughs> lots of luck. Uh, <laughs> Michael, it's so, we got to do this again sometime. Congratulations. I loved Airman Mortensen, and I think I'm just so glad you're, you're so concerned about young people reading, about uh, the wild horses. Just keep up the good work. Thank you, Roy. It's really been a, a privilege to be here. We'll do it again. Now, I just finished reading a very interesting book, a Ginger, My Story by Ginger Rogers. Oh, I, yes. I decided that I, God bless her, if I could have only had her mother, uh, Leela, as my agent. I want to I read something to you out of the really? book. Uh, now, this is Ginger Rogers' mother. Ginger Rogers' mother, many, 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 many years ago, suggested, in addition to her new contract, there should be a clause in her contract. Now, this is her mother suggesting that she get... 3% of the money 
made from any of her films that might be transmitted through a new medium called television. Whoa. But wait a minute now. This is the sad part. Do you know what Ginger's agent said? Television is nothing, Leela. <laughs> it's going nowhere. Do you think I would jeopardize this contract by asking RKO for a stupid hangnail edition such as television? <laughs> and 3%? Ginger, did, did tears come to your eyes when you remembered that? Well, I, it certainly did, you oh. know. Everyone thinks that I'm floating on diamonds and mm. rubies because of the, all the money I've made off of television. When I get a new gardener, he says, well, I'd like $1,000 a week. You know, and yeah. I said, well, why? You're not getting that from the man up the street. He said, I know, but I see you on television, and you're rich. Oh, well. But uh, really, when I read that, uh, the foresight, well, I know how important your mother was to you anyway, and, and how close you two always were, but her foresight to think of that, and then to be turned down, yeah, and you know, to have an agent say, well, it's not going anywhere. And he had the temerity to say to her, you know, Lily, you'll be in the grave, and I'll be in the grave by the time television is anything. <laughs> well, friends, Ginger Rogers uh, is here, live on the Roy Leonard Show today, and uh, Harper Collins has published Ginger, My Story. Uh, was there any particular uh, incident that prompted you to, to write the book? Well, yes, there was, Roy, if I may call you Roy. I wish you would. Uh, they, um, there were so many things that were said concerning my mother that was just wrong. They had her like, did you see the show Gypsy? Yes. yes. Well, they had her a gypsy like that, that gypsy. Mm. She was not, she was the antithesis of that. She was a darling, caring woman. She really cared. Not only she cared for everyone. She loved the little girl called in mother's school. She had a theater school there on the lot of RKO, and her name was Lucy Ball. And she was the one who really discovered Lucy as an actress. Really? Yeah. And she, Lucy, would deign to take direction from my mother. And, but then later she learned, and later she spoke about her very highly. Mm -hmm. But she was, mother knew this child had talent, and she took her side on every problem that Lucy was then facing. <clears throat> so actually one of the reasons for writing the book was to set the record straight concerning That's your mom? concerning my mom. Yeah. And also why you and Fred Astaire never kissed on the screen. Oh, yeah, that's so important. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people often, that is one of those things that it's comes one of those up things that over people the do. years. Well, his wife used to sit on the set with her knitting needles and <laughs> clack them together. And uh, they had had, I'm sure, an understanding that he would not be kissing all the women he worked with. And so he never did. I don't know if you ever saw the film that he made with Joan Fontaine. They just... He stood stood in front of her at kissing time and just leaned in her direction, but he never kissed her. That's amazing. Uh, people often wonder when they see an actor and an actress work yeah. together on the screen continually over a period of years. Oh, there there must be more to it. How could they just how could they just fake this? There's probably a little something going on. Uh, well, I adored I adored Fred. I thought he was the dearest nicest and the most talented 
dancer I'd ever known or seen. But you know, when I went to New York <clears throat> to appear on the Paramount stage, you know, I worked. I worked here in Chicago oh, for years. <laughs> I know. In fact, you you tell some wonderful stories about being here. Yes. That's I, what. What do you do? Three and four shows a day between movies. That's or? right. And it was exciting because I loved what I was doing, and the audiences here were so receptive. They were so friendly and supportive. And I learned an awful lot about show business. Anyway, I interrupted your train of thought. Yeah. I guess, uh, we were talking about going to New York. and. Yeah, well, I uh, my mother said, you know, people had said to me, you've got to go to New York because you'll get a show. And my mother said, not until she has that show business patina. And so she waited until she thought that the grass, that the hayseed was out of my ears. <laughs> and she said, now I think you can go to New York. Ginger Rogers is here. I thought of this the other day when I was reading your book, and of course the whole subject of sexual harassment came up, and you do relate uh, uh, the famous Harry Cohn, head of the Columbia Studios, chasing you around his office. But of course in those days, uh, that was really not that unusual, I guess. No, no. It was par for the producer. Well, how did you, how were you able to fend him off? Uh, I said to him, you know, I know your wife very well. And he backed off and he said, oh, really? <laughs> and I said, yes, you say, I did know his wife. And she was a, uh, it was studying science at the time. And I thought if I, if I went to her and told her that her husband was being, trying to uh, harass some young players, because I was a youngster then, so to speak, mm -hmm. and, uh, but he, you know, he was such a nice man, and I couldn't understand how he suddenly turned from Jekyll to Hyde. Uh, you mentioned that his wife was studying Christian science? Yes. Uh, how, uh, you're, I know you're a devout Christian scientist. In fact, there are many instances in the book where Ginger points out in, in, in detail and uh, uh, how this has helped her, how it, it has helped friends of hers. How uh, did you discover Christian science? Well, my father's mother was a student of Christian science, and when my mother married her son, she thought it would be a good idea to give her the book. So she gave her the Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy, mm -hmm. and mother put it, read it and put it on the when she went from work to home, she was living at her her mother's home, my grandmother's home. And at that moment when he was on the road, my father was on the road. He was an electrical engineer. And so he went on the road to do things in different cities. For I don't know because I'd never got to know him that well. Yeah. They separated so early, early. And... Uh, so she gave him this, she gave her this book, and she started to read it, and thought it was, she always wanted to understand God better. And this was her answer, she said. She said this really gave her the real truth about who God is, and where God is, and what God is. And she just was devouring the book, and her, when she left it on the nightstand, her mother took it and threw it in the furnace says, not in my house. Wow. So you see, bigotry is mm. still rampant. <laughs> well, your faith is certainly uh, 
helped you. In fact, I was thinking back, you know, uh, Ginger Rogers, uh, after that wonderful career in, in Hollywood movies, uh, then graced the, the stage. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I hope most of you remember that back uh, in the heyday of a big show called Hello, Dolly, they had to find somebody. I mean, Carol Channing couldn't do the show forever. Carol hardly ever missed a performance, so they found another real trooper to take over after Carol left the show on Broadway, and it was uh, Ginger Rogers. And I don't think... Did you ever miss a performance of Hello, Dolly? Once. Only once. The girl who was was ready to replace my performance said, well, I'll never get to go on because (laughs) she's a Christian scientist, and she'll never get sick. But I... I had a a cold one time, and my voice was absolutely low as the carpet. So I I said, well, I think I'd better go home and not misuse our audiences. And so I did, and she got her chance to be on the show. She was really thrilled. So it gave a girl a good chance at... Speaking of, of, of being in the chorus and also of, of being on Broadway shows, uh, for years, we would read every once in a while that Ginger Rogers started in the, the chorus line, if you will. And that's really not, not really a accurate. Not true. No. Not that there's anything against being in the chorus, but if you weren't, you know, if you weren't a coal miner when somebody said you were you were um, uh, a bait digger, which <laughs> right. would you rather have? Of course. You say, well, I'm not a coal miner. And really, I'm not a bait digger, but I am not a chorus girl. I was in a show and played a chorus girl in 42nd Street and in, let me see what else. There was a picture I did at Warner Brothers where I played I played the role of another chorus girl. But actually, it was the role of a chorus girl. In, in yeah. fact, wasn't 42nd Street the time you had, I, there was one great line that is... Uh, uh, sort of oft-repeated, if you will, and I think it was 42nd Street, when, uh, maybe you can correct me, is it you're a character who has this great line, she only said no once, and that's because she didn't hear the question? Yeah, that was not my line, that was the one who was reviewing me as I walked oh, in that, the room, they oh, that said, was oh, that's Annie. Right, right. <laughs> that's Annie, anytime Annie. <laughs> she she said no only once, and that's because she didn't hear the question. Hear Great the question. line. <laughs> All right, I tend to monopolize conversations when I'm talking to interesting people, so <laughs> Londa, I thank you for your patience. Hello? Yes, say good morning to... Uh, oh, Hello. Yes, I love to, to say good morning. Yeah, you are. You're speaking with Ginger uh, Rogers. I, I grew up with Ginger Rogers, and she may not realize this, but she has always, always been my idol. I always wanted to be a dancer and a singer, and she was so great at it. First, I want to say, Miss Rogers, yes, dear. I have heard you say in interviews that it was the Fred Astaire pictures. That is not true. Anybody that grew up with you, it was the Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire picture. All right. We used to sit through two, three, four movies when we were, you know, growing up as teenagers and watch you to see if we could come home and imitate every step you did. Good for you. Now, there's only one thing I would like to ask you. What's that? Yes. Is I've always noticed that Fred Astaire wore a small gold ring on his right hand, small finger. Mm -hmm. And every time I have seen the man in every movie, in every interview, he's always had that ring on. 
Was there some uh, significance. special significance to that ring? Do you know, dear, I never asked him what that ring was uh, about. Isn't that a shame? So we'll never know. So we'll, we'll never, never know. know. <laughs> Thanks, Londa. But it's good Thank you, dear. To nice you, to talk to you. God bless you, Miss Rogers. Thank Thanks. you, dear. Thanks very much. Hello, Jack. You're calling from where? Uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Well, say good morning to Ginger Rogers. Hello, Jack. Good morning, Ginger. Hi, dear. How are you? Fine. I'm reading your book right now. You are good. Oh, yeah, I'm in the part now where you're doing MAME in London. Yeah. And uh, I read most of the autobiographies or biographies, and I think yours is one of the best. Can't put the book down. Oh, thank you. In fact, you and Fred and Gene Kelly taught me how to dance. Really? <laughs> well, I always watched the movies, and I used to do semi-pro uh, uh, dancing, and... Uh, Oh, it's just a great thrill to talk to you. Well, it's nice to talk to you, Jack. Yeah, Thank Ginger, you. if I leave my name and address off the phone, would you send me an autograph picture, or can't you do that? Well, I tell you, the only problem, Jack, if we were to do that for you, then yeah. what am I going to say to the 417 people who called between now and <laughs> whatever? Yeah. Uh, do you ever do book signings every once in a while? Do you? I'm doing a book signing today. Oh, are you really? Oh, I tell you what, keep the radio on, Jack, and I'll get the information about the book signing, and maybe you'll have an opportunity to even do better than just an autograph, all right? Uh, if you're patient, we'll try to get to you as quickly as we can on the telephones. The book is simply called Ginger, My Story by Ginger Rogers, and it's uh, published by HarperCollins, and we'll get the information on the book signings and everything. Look, we just hit 11 o'clock in the morning on WGN in Chicago, and if you'd like to meet Ginger Rogers, she will be down at Marshall Fields. That's the State Street store, Marshall Fields, today at 1230, and then tomorrow... At 12.30, she'll be at the Crocs and Brentanos in Watertower Place. So you'll have a chance to meet her and maybe get that fellow who wanted the uh, the autograph. Get over to Marshall Fields uh, in an hour and a half or so or meet Ginger at Crocs and Brentanos tomorrow at Watertower Place. So I'm, I'm doing this commercial for a, for a store that sells pianos, Ginger Rogers, and I'm thinking to that <laughs> moment in your autobiography when you you describe and you tell us the day that George Gershwin played a song for you that nobody in the world had heard, but you were the first to hear it. Yes, and he said, I've written, we've written this song for you, Ginger. Come over and sit here beside me while I play it for you. So I was so thrilled. I just, I was so excited. I tell you, I think my my heart just went triple, triple, beat, beat, beat. I'm excited sitting here listening to you tell us that George... By the way, the song was called But Not For You. And but, were, no, But Not For Me. But Not For Me, I'm sorry. And then didn't he do... Was that What was the other song in that show? Oh, Embraceable You. Right, and he also played that. And What was his singing voice like? It was uh, was a little bit like our, our black trumpeter. What's his name? Oh, like Louis? Oh, no kidding. I mean, a little raspy, maybe? Very raspy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But, and so it gave it a very interesting sound, too. Yeah, yeah. But he, he sang there, but not for me. And then he sang, uh, then later on he said, now there's another song you're going to dance to by yourself on the stage, do a tap dance. It's called, When It's Cactus Time in Arizona, I'll Be Coming Back to You. <laughs> <laughs> this is a George Gershwin song? <laughs> yes, and Ira. Oh, gee. When we watch the uh, the great classic musicals and we watch you and Fred Astaire dance, I've often thought, uh, I wonder how many times they had to do that. I wonder how long it took to do that number. Was there an average length of time spent? For, in rehearsal? 
Yeah. Yes. And in filming too. In filming, in rehearsals, one thing, because we we knew we'd do we would do three dances in one film. Fred would do one by himself, and that made four dances to rehearse. So we took six weeks before rehearsal, before photo photographer principal photography. Six weeks. Six weeks, and we rehearsed from morning until dinner time at night. Wow. And just do nothing but rehearse. I'll tell you, those were such fun times. We would laugh and create and laugh and create some wonderful steps. It was such fun. Was the filming of the actual sequences, uh, well, after all of that rehearsal, was it just fairly easy to film? Well, it wasn't in costume, you see. And then when we got our costumes, we found that the, the shoes didn't work or the bow on my dress wasn't right. And, and he found things about it. His clothes that were not right too, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that brings in the feathered dress. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> and I thought, you know, the lady who, uh, who's my editor, I said to, to her, "This is the real story told." She said, "Well, you don't need that in your book." And I said, "What do you mean you don't need it in my book?" She said, "Well, everybody knows that one." I said, "No, they don't. Not from my point of view, they don't." So that's going to be in my book. Yeah, and you can read all about it in yeah. Ginger's story. We're not going to tell them everything, see? No, no, no. Would you put the, if you'd like to put those earphones back on, I there sure are will. a lot of people waiting who would like to talk to Ginger Rogers. And Don, I thank you for your patience. Thank you. Good morning, Miss Rogers. Good uh, morning. I, I promised I wasn't going to gush when I finally got on <laughs> to talk to you, but uh, I did. Oh, oh go ahead and gush. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I hope, uh, Ms. Rogers, uh, you have as much joy in your life as you brought to me and, and to many others throughout the years. Uh, what uh, I'm, I'm probably going to throw you a little curve right now. Uh, I'd like... I'd like to say that, unfortunately, I won't be able to uh, see you in person at one of your uh, book uh, signings here, uh, much to my dismay, but uh, that I won't be there. But uh, uh, if, there, if you could possibly uh, recall uh, back uh, right after the Second World War, I think you were featured in a book. I'd like to try to pick this book up at the same time or at least get some information from you so that I could pursue it with the... Uh, people at Crocs. Uh, there was a book called Ginger Rogers and the Riddle of the Scarlet Cloak. Back That's right, yeah. Uh, oh, you're, f you're familiar with what he's talking about? My mother wrote it. Oh, she did? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you didn't know that, Don? No, I didn't. I, I had that book, uh, unfortunately, as a, as a, as a young, uh, young kid. And uh, <clears throat> somewhere along the, the uh, uh, growing up period, I... Uh, I lost it, but I read and reread that. I think there was a mile somebody or other in there. You were on a switchboard in San Francisco or someplace, I think, in that book, were you not? Yes, I think so, too, yeah. Uh, but at any rate, um, <clears throat> is there any way that uh, uh, I might be able to uh, get a hold of, of, uh, of, of a well, book? Well, there are stores. There are stores that, that uh, feature getting old books, because that's quite oh, an sure. old book. And... Uh, old or rare books you can get them at some stores if you find it out from your your, your uh, library your city library they'll tell you where to go to find it what's it called uh, ginger rogers and the riddle of the scarlet and the riddle yeah. of the scarlet cloak yeah well get one of your uh, old, old bookstores to go on a search and who knows you might be able to come up with it don thank you thanks for calling that hi joan be... 
Uh, hi. Hi. I know um, Ginger Rogers made musicals, comedies, and dramas, and they were all equally magnificent. Wonderful. Did, thank you. <laughs> did you have trouble convincing the producers that you could go back and forth between the various genres? Well, I tell you what, I had I had trouble with the producers to think that I could play anything but a, a smiling, dancing girl. They said, well, keep your silk stockings and your high heel shoes on. Yeah. And that's, that's really your best at it. There's so few, they said, who are so good at it as you. And so why don't you just stay there and be happy? And I said, no, I want to play things that are really like... Uh, uh, let me see. Well, uh, Black Widow. Well, uh, that's not comedy, but I mean, uh, no, I, it's I can remember a movie that you did in the, in the fifties, Black Widow. Yes. And a lot of people were surprised at that because they didn't think you would ever play uh, a not so nice person on the screen. Well, I that was a really a big question in my life too. Should I do it? But I got a call from Daryl Zanuck. I was in Italy at the time. I got an overseas call from him, and he said. I've got just the script for you. It's a different kind of thing, and you've been looking for something different. Mm -hmm. And this is really different. I'm not going to tell you the story. I'm going to send you the script. You read it and call me back. So I read it and said, he said, this is, a, uh, this is really a change for you. Of course, you know, that word is very good for me because I wanted to do something that was different. Right. So I did. <laughs> and then did the, then you did a movie the, the year after that, a movie called Tight Spot. Yes. Uh, and I would presume the success of Black Widow led to... Uh... Well, it, it all of it sort of combined led to very more, much more important mm -hmm. feminine roles. So I got to play this gal who was so jealous of her husband. And but she, she just, I don't think I should tell you about it. I'll let you read it. <laughs> Very smart. By the way, one of the questions that I often ask my guests, especially an actor or an actress, uh, and I, until I picked up the book and read it, I didn't know I'd already have the answer, and that is, what roles have you turned down? Is there any role that you wish that you were offered that for one reason or another you turned down that you wish you had taken? And there are a few in the Ginger Rogers story. Yes, there are. Yes, well, to each his own would have been a story I should have taken. Oh, yeah. But this is one thing that my agents kept saying, you should play it. But I was, what was I, at that time I was about 19 or 20, and they were going to make me the mother of a 24-year-old boy. Yeah. I thought, well, do I really want to get into that kind of uh, role so that I'll be playing roles like that? And they offered you the snake pit? The snake pit, <gasps> yeah. Oh. And what was the other one? Oh, uh, uh, His Girl Friday, I think you yes. said. Did you say they offered you that? Yes, too? that's right. Yeah. And I was so I was mad at myself later that I turned it down. And then, then at the end of of my uh, motion picture business, they offered me um, a ball of fire. Oh yeah. And I turned that down because I just thought that was a rather. A uh, wimpy, wimpy sort of a part. And didn't you want? Did I read once, or did you want? To, did they want you to play, or did you want to play Annie Get Your Gun? Yes, and uh, Louis B. Mayer said to my agent, "Tell her she's not harsh enough to play this role. You have to be really hard and 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 uh, noisy, and you're such a quiet girl. And tell her to keep on her silk stockings and her high heel shoes." <laughs> 
she shouldn't play this kind of role, and I won't let her. But I offered it to them for a dollar. <laughs> I said, right. I'll play it for one dollar. And, you know, that would be some uh, nice concession sure. on my part. Sure, They didn't want that. Who wanted, Was that Betty Hutton that wanted Betty that? Hutton, yeah. yeah. Who wasn't exactly harsh. She was noisy, but she wasn't really, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> it's called Ginger, My Story. Ginger Rogers, live on the Roy Leonard Show. And, Deborah, you're on the radio this morning. Hello, Ms. Rogers. Hello, Deborah. It's an honor to be able to speak with you. I've been watching your movies since I was in about seventh grade. I'm 26 now, and you really are a legend, even to younger people. Well, thank you, darling. That's very kind of you. You're, you're probably the most beautiful actress of the classic era. Oh, hey, you've made really, the morning. You're very generous, dear. Thank you. you really paved the way for women today uh, by well. your contributions. Well, uh, this is an interesting point that Deborah brings up when she says that, you know, you paved the way. The interesting thing about reading her book, Deborah, if, as a matter of fact, do, do we have one? We have an extra copy of the book. Ask Mike to bring it in. Would you do me a favor for this sure, young lady? Sure. Would you autograph a book to her that I that we can send to her? Of course, I'd love to. I'd like to do that, Deborah. Oh, thanks. I'm going to try and see her tomorrow, too. Good. Well, the, what I was going to get at, when you mentioned that she paved the way, and the interesting thing that you learned from reading Ginger's story is that as glamorous as it seemed up there on the screen, there's an awful lot of hard work that goes into it. Yes, there certainly was. And putting on wet shoes that just been dyed to match your dress <laughs> made them tighter on your feet than ever. And that really caused quite a problem. And having people want to change the color of your hair... Yes. When you didn't want to change the color of your no, hair. No, I changed my own hair to to darker again, back to a darker mm -hmm, shade. Mm -hmm. When I appeared here at the Oriental and, and the Uptown and, and the a few of the other theaters that belonged to Scurus, I was a chestnut-colored hair mm -hmm. person. But when I got to California, they just took me in the room and started doing something to my hair, and I said, what are you doing? And they said, well, your producer wants you to be have more light hair. And I said, well, wait a minute, I want to get my mother on the phone. I was still underage, you see, at yeah. that time, and I didn't have to take with all that stuff from other people. My mom had to take care of that. <laughs> Deborah, you just hang on for a minute. We'll get your address, and okay, thank you. we'll send you uh, an autographed copy. By the way, now... If you didn't hear a few minutes ago, Ginger Rogers will be autographing copies of her book in about an hour or so, around 12.30 at Marshall Fields downtown today, and then at Crocs and Brentano's in the Water Tower Place tomorrow. Could you give us an inkling, if you don't mind, what was Howard Hughes like? Well, Howard was a very bright, intelligent man. He was great fun to discuss things like aeronautics, which I knew nothing about. And so he'd, he'd draw me pictures of the leading edge of a plane. He said, you know why so many planes have been falling in the wintertime? is because the snow packs there and it becomes ice. And he says, I have invented a heater to go inside. He said, it's soon to be put in all planes. So those things were really, to me, a very interesting thing to hear what, sure. what goes on, you know in big business, and he was really a fascinating man. And yet, you know, later in his life, he, he became such a recluse. Could you yeah. have predicted this? Would you have known? I, I realized that when he wanted me to marry him, 
that he wanted to lock me up in a corner somewhere so I couldn't get out so that he could just say hello to me when he wanted to. And that's what he did to Jane Peters. Yeah, yeah. He locked her up. I, I know you've got to run because you've got a lot of things to do, but I just wondered, is there one relationship in your life that you will probably remember more fondly than any other? Yeah, I think my relationship with my mother, of course, was very, very close. We were just like two peas in a pod. But uh, as far as a man, if that's what you're leading to, yes, I think Lou was probably one of the most bright fellows. He was, he he could do anything. He could write a, a symphony. He could play an instrument. He could write he was he was good at everything he Lou, did. Lou Ayers? Lou Ayers. Well, you mentioned in your book that he was really your what, your first love, was he not? Well, he's not my first love. He was just, he was my second husband, but I thought... But you had admired him from afar yes, long before Yes, long that. before I got to meet him, yes. Right. And our meeting and our whole uh, romance was really a very fascinating and happy thing for a a young starlet that comes into Hollywood. I was really taken by him. Well, there's so much more to read, and it's uh, it's written w with love for the people involved and the, and the industry involved. It's not one of those kind of tell-all things. Oh no, of course not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get myself involved. In... <laughs> but it's interesting. Thank Let's say, you. one quick question. I, Mary Ellen, I know you've been waiting a long time. Real quick, if you will. Yes, uh, I've had the pleasure of enjoying quite a few of the. Miss Ginger's uh, movies lately, and uh, I have noticed that you were a great actress, not just a great dancer. Well, but, thank you, dear, very uh, much. I, I recently saw one that involved uh, you and Lucy and quite a few young starlets of the time uh, living in a boarding house. Stage door. I'm sorry? It's called Stage Door. Stage Door, and it was a, a sort of a... Uh, a casting couch sort of arrangement and one of the girls ends up committing suicide and I just wondered if it was a um, an imitation of life and if that was something that happened. Uh. No dear, I think that was a, just pure fiction but it was a story of, of, of a boarding house that was taking place in New York mm -hmm. where Sarah Bernhardt used to come. That's right. And they had a chair that, that, that she had Rested in for many, many times between performances. Mm -hmm. So it, it was based on all the girls who, who look forward to a career in show business. Stage door. I'm glad yep. you remembered, Mary Ellen. Thank you. You're welcome. Which Thank reminded you, me of a wonderful story. What was it? The There's a great story in the book about the time you double dated with Jimmy Stewart and what was it? Oh, Lucille Ball and, and Hank Fonda, I think. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Well, the book is full of great stories. <laughs> well, thank you. And, uh, in fact, that was the, wasn't that the time that, was it Fonda and Stewart invited you guys to their apartment? Yes, You, you thought yes. this was going to be a big, uh, not kind of a romantic night or something? Well, we thought it was going to be a nice dinner. You know, men also are good chefs, so we think they were going to fix a good dinner for us. And we got to their apartment, and uh, there was, in the sink, in the kitchen, there were stacks of, <laughs> of dirty dishes and so they sort of hung around and looked at us and said, don't you think you guys could do something about that? So Lucille and I got busy and cleaned up the kitchen, washed the dishes, dried them, stacked them up, put them away. And uh, 
Then we went to Barney's Beanery and had a bite to eat. <laughs> On that, friends, we must leave at 11.30 in the morning. Ginger yes. Rogers, thanks for brightening up our morning. Dear hearts, you're awfully good at what you do, and thank you for inviting me to be here.